0: is happening bitcoin accumulation country my name is phil this is the fun with bitcoin podcast we are in season three and this is episode 30 i hope everybody's having a great week i've got a really great interview today with fellow bitcoiner and taco carnivore bitcoin plebe black bull sports and BlackBull and I have chatted a lot about many different things for a very long time, all things Bitcoin, of course, and, you know, sociopolitics and all kinds of fun stuff. So anyways, um, we have a really, really great chat lined up. And before we get into that, we are going to talk about dollar cost averaging and Swan Bitcoin. For anybody who is interested in dollar cost averaging and who wants to be purchasing Bitcoin but doesn't want to be spending their time constantly watching the charts and listening to traders that they really have no idea whether these people are credible or not. And you kind of just want to put this in kind of in a passive sleep mode, where you're simply just accumulating and hodling, being able to transfer that Bitcoin out to your own private address. So if you're interested in doing that, and that falls in in your wheelhouse, then you are looking for Swan Bitcoin. With Swan Bitcoin, the three main takeaways are we've we can do automatic withdrawal from a bank account, automatic purchases of BTC. You can time them based on your uh, when you receive your check. You know you can do it. Uh, you know, let's say once um, you can do it once a month, um, or you can do it per pay period as well. Um, there's lots of options for you to be able to customize how you purchase, and you could automatically withdraw to your uh, your chosen address. So if you're interested in a Bitcoin only platform. Um, that is doing the uh, the great work of helping onboard people, then you definitely want to check out Swan Bitcoin. I'm going to have the, uh, the link to their website in the show notes. Here is my talk with fellow Taco Carnivore Bitcoin plebe, Black Bull Sports. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I've got fellow Taco Carnivore Bitcoin plebe and Bitcoin friend, Black Bull Sports. And... We just decided to, you know, he just reached out and wanted to, you know, shoot the Bitcoin shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, let's do it. You know, so Black Bull, really appreciate you coming on my podcast.
1: Hey, man, just it's just fun. You know, I uh, I got up, worked, then took the, the wife and the brother out to run, run around, work out, some sprinkles, and now shoot this shit with my boy.
0: It's a nice. good day. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what a way to spend the 4th of July, you know, talk about That's some Bitcoin. Right, I know. So, you know, so I'm glad to be here, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. It's nice. It's nice to actually, you know, it's like I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'll be sitting there in the TCBP and I just want to, like, all right, you know, who wants to chat? You know, like, who wants to actually talk? Because <laughs> th- there's only so much you can convey in typing, right? And no, I know. I know.
1: And, you know, and, and you don't get toned too. And so, like, we, like, you know, TCBP peers we are so like very i feel like very blunt to the point we're gonna say it and so <laughs> we just have such a unique community like i love it i, I love almost everybody in there and because uh, because of my job like i always had to be paying attention to my phone so i'm always getting data and information so it's just naturally i just i get to interact a lot because i'm like always on my phone you know
0: absolutely so, yeah and you're definitely awesome. You're definitely one of the people I speak to uh, most in that uh, in that chat. You know, I, th- I think there's like probably like uh, I don't want to you know exclude anybody, but there's probably let's say ten of us that you know constantly, you know constantly go back and forth and you know pretty much uh, up to date with every single freaking conversation that's going on in there.
1: <laughs> so. I try. I really do. I get up. I have a ton of info. Let me try to just make sure. I didn't miss anybody because sometimes the mentions won't show up. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Like I lo- like my man LeFe. If he's got a, a breakfast picture, I need to see it, and uh, <laughs> and then I need to try to share one later. Okay, so and, you know, there's.
0: Oh, go ahead. You, you,
1: you go ahead. You go ahead. I,
0: I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, okay? I, got, I was gonna ask you about Lefay because, and you know, big shout out to him. You know, he's an awesome yeah, dude. Yeah, he's
1: the man. He's awesome. Yeah. So like, <laughs> my breakfast bud.
0: I was just gonna say, I'm like, so I noticed you guys have like this this kind of meal thing going on. Yeah, yeah. So what's what what's going on with that? I know that you do something a little bit different with your diet, and you've been like essentially raving about the you know the fact that it works so well for you.
1: So I'm, I'm big into fitness and health, and so Lefe, he loves breakfast. I do too. But the thing is, is my breakfast starts, for me, like usually around 4 in the afternoon. You know, breakfast, people don't think about a break fast. It's when you break your fast. That's right. You
0: know,
1: <laughs> people are just so used to breaking their fast in the morning. But, you know, people also used to not, like, eat late into the night. And so when they ate in the morning, they had a little more of a fast. Not as much as I do now, but, like, they had more of it. And, and that fasting is just so important. Um And so Lefe and I were talking about breakfast, and I guess I just, you know, I'm always throwing my opinions out there. So so I was just telling them, you know, intermittent fasting is something I've done a really long time. Um, Even, like, like I started before it was cool, so to speak. You know, like, in high school, which aging myself was, you know, a while back like uh gosh 18 or so years but uh there was a book that came out called the warrior diet and that was my first introduction it was like by ori offleheimer i'm butchering that name but um yeah but it's the warrior diet and that's what it was It, it was hey you know fasting going without food and just water is very beneficial and uh My mother is a doctor and she didn't like it at first and nobody liked it at first. And uh, then slowly over time, all the research data started confirming that, Hey, actually this is really good for you. And, um, and there's a lot of reasons. One, you're cutting out, uh, you're preventing, you know, insulin spike, you're controlling your insulin. That's one reason. Um, another big reason is autophagy, the natural process of your body getting rid of damaged or, um, soon to be dead cells and replacing them with new cells. It basically enables a re- a renewing. It facilitates that renewing of your body. And when you do it every day, like I do, um, I recommend 16 hours, but I do 18. myself. So. um, the period between sixteen and 18 hours is very powerful. The period between 14 and 16 is very powerful. My wife does 16, which is great. And she used to not, and then she started it and now she loves it.
0: So, um, I'm sorry, I just want to cut in and ask. So if I understand this correctly, you eat one meal a day.
1: No, that's OMAD.
0: So oh, okay. So I'm not
1: OMAD. Yeah, I'm not OMAD. Like I I did that before though. I did that before. But the importance is not uh, one meal a day. It's, it's just the window. It's, it's the window. I have uh, – yeah, so okay. I have like a six-hour eating window. And so the importance is that 18 hours of nothing but water, a lot of people will – We'll do tea or coffee, but just make sure you don't put anything in there with calories so You will mess with fast. But, and you know, some of the arguments coming out are, well, it actually increases, enhances autophagy, but I'm very skeptical. I'm kind of a guy like keep it simple to things that you know works. I know that if you fast for 18 hours on water, you're going to get the benefits. So, and I, you know, I'm fine with that. I guess I'm a veteran. So, cool. But, um, yeah well you know pd mangan i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna throw that name out there on twitter because he has a great anti-aging blueprint and like i said i don't sell anything for anybody so if i'm telling you this is because i think it has value um he has a great uh, anti-aging blueprint and it basically goes through the fact that um intermittent fasting is one of the most powerful anti-aging things you can do. Um, so yeah,
0: that's why I do it. it interesting. No, that that's that's super interesting, and and it's um, so I, I remember um, I, I read this um, I, I read a book um, totally, totally spacing on the name, but it's like uh the not it's not the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, but uh, it's like the Tibetan Book of Secrets, uh, Life Secrets or something, whatever. Anyways, um. It's by the author. I know the, the author's name is Peter Kelder, okay? And essentially, he talks about something very similar to what you're explaining um, about this this kind of like uh, this, this fasting window and only drinking water. Or in their case, uh, they had explained green tea um, and like you said, uh, coffee and they specifically, and again, I don't know if this is correct or not, but as long as you didn't put sugar in the coffee, it was okay. So, you know, you should have – That seems to be – that seems to be what – like
1: people argue about it actually can enhance autophagy coffee or tea, but I'm just very strict. Like I love my coffee, but I have it during my eating window. But as as long as you're doing like black coffee or green tea without
0: anything in it, like you'll be fine. It's just – I don't think it's going to taste that good. Yeah. uh, I don't know. Black coffee kind of grows on you though. I mean, after a while, you kind of, you know, it's like, I, I I never thought I would like it. Like when I was a, you know, uh, probably a late teen and I started drinking coffee, like, man, I was, you know, one of these suckers with the, uh, you know, two creams, 10 sugars. Like, well, what is that? <laughs> it's just, just like a, you know, it's like a dose of diabetes. And- yeah, it
1: really is. Oh, Starbucks. <laughs> Like, they're just dishing out the diabetes nowadays. Like, what flavor do you want your diabetes? You know? I, mean, I mean, that's the way it is. It's, uh, it's true. Basically all this processed food, right? Like, what flavor do you want your cancer? I mean, you know, and, and, you know it's just true. And It is. And you know, ca- Cancer and diabetes are not funny things, but, like, we had to joke about it to kind of, you know, it's like the meme culture, right? Like, the meme. Like, we create them because we're trying to make a point. Right, we're trying to get it into your psyche because if you just say, "Well, Starbucks, yeah, it's contributing to a lot of diabetes," like nobody cares. No. Like, but if you say, "Hey, look, what flavor went your diabetes?" Like, you know, people connect with that. They think about that. They're like, "Yeah, it's kind of true."
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it it touches them at a at a deeper level. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not just uh, it it's not just um on the surface. But I wanted to go back uh, just to one thing that you mentioned. What was the author's name? I'm sorry, Tony.
1: Oh, um oh the one with the the anti aging blueprint, his name is P D, like initials, P D. Oh. And then Mangan, M-A-N-G-A-N. I uh, I purchased I purchased the anti aging okay. blueprint and it was excellent. It's it's research backed. It's just it's really good. And like I said, I don't I'm not connected or affiliated with anybody at all. <laughs> so I'm just telling you it's good. That's I like cool this. I, so I, li- I recommend it.
0: I like that. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, it's like I've, uh, you know, I I always say um, proof is your success. So, you know, it's like if you want to actually, you know, find out if something works, you know, that, that you believe should. Well, give it a shot, you know? I mean obviously yeah. that's obviously that's within reason. Nobody here is suggesting that somebody goes and set their face on fire or something stupid like that. We all know what's gonna happen. But it's I, I just hope
1: you wouldn't listen to someone who told you that. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> you know We but, have a
1: problem now.
0: But, like we laugh, but like if someone
1: out there like <laughs> politicized it well enough, like, someone be like, oh, let me go light my
0: face on fire. Like, that's the culture we live in right now. I I know, and it's sad that, like, you have to give a warning like that, you know? I mean, it's like like somebody, I I feel like we would have listened to the same type of show in, like, the mid-90s or, you know, the 80s, and you would never think of, like, somebody would say, hey, you know, try something out and see if it works, and you wouldn't sit there and think of the dumbest shit possible, but... Today, I, I today I feel like people just want to, like, find a way to, you know, to make it so that whatever you've said is just completely ridiculous. It's like, what are you talking about? I shouldn't go out and just try something to see if it works. Look. Dude, you know, today, like, today, it's just so ridiculous. Today on Twitter, like, I, I don't even, like,
1: engage with, like, these type of people much. But, like, someone someone was like, uh, I just saw, I was, I was scrolling through my Twitter and something like, uh, you know, I'm not racist, but uh, – but if you stop listening to men on crypto Twitter, uh, you'll find it's a very happy place. And I was just like, okay, so not racist, but sexist.
0: Look, exactly. Thank you for
1: clearing that up. You know, <laughs> It's just like, it's, I, I still don't know what virtue signal like you're trying to come from. You're like, okay. She, I mean, the person's basically like, well, I don't judge people based on the pigment in their skin. I just judge them between what part is between their legs. You know? You know? It's a like good Good for you, <laughs> Good like boy, how, what a moral, like standard you are,
0: you know. <laughs> Isn't that freaking brutal though? It's like, and and the sad thing is, there's not. A, you you know what? There's nobody in their life that's actually going to tell them, listen, you you're full of shit. You know, they like that.
1: The opposite, yeah. They'll be like, yeah, you're right. Like there actually is no reverse sexism. Like like I saw that in the comments. Briefly, it's like it's like, oh no, she said it. I think as as a response she said. Well, everybody knows that, like, women can't be sexist. What? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> you know what? I – oh, God. I can't believe you just mentioned that. That's – okay. So I had, a te- I had a teacher in college, okay? I had a teacher in college, and um, uh, this guy taught a class called Propaganda in the Media, okay? Yeah. And it was essentially all about how um, – assen- that – Men, men being abused by their wives or by women, you know, physically, emotionally or anything like that, how it's not taken seriously, right, by society, by culture, um, because men are the aggressors. Right. Like that. That's just the way that it's seen. Right. That we are the aggressors. And that's right. And it's it's very interesting because the statistic of men that are actually at at the time, keep in mind, these statistics go back to uh, I'm an old guy, you know, so this is like 1996, uh, 97, maybe Um, you're talking. I I think the number was something like uh, it was like 48 percent, like 48 percent of men that that uh, that are abused or something like that don't report it.
1: Yeah, well, because I mean,
0: because they know that I, I nobody's that. gonna nobody's gonna believe them. Like, can you imagine? Like, you walk into yeah. a police station. It's
1: embarrassing too. <laughs>
0: right? it ex-
1: if you're if you're a man, I mean, it's it's just true. It's
0: if a it's stigma. Yeah, you know, um,
1: you know all this stuff, like all this divisive stuff. Though, it's like, like the truth is, is like, like for instance, like myself, like I am very quick to point out, like the only reason why I consider myself, I mean, some I'm sure disagree the only reason I would consider myself a strong man is because I've had so many amazing strong women in my life, like help mold me into a strong man. Like, you know, I contribute that to them. My mom, my wife, grandmothers. I mean, you know, it's true. I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is like strong women beget strong men and strong men beget strong women. And it's, it's really sad to see like society trying to play them at odds with each other. And even like now where it's, it's like, it's like, women are like you you need to be more like a man and man you need to be more like a woman it's just it's so messed up it just weakens our society <laughs> you
0: know? i i personally um, think it's a it's a total population control plot to i i yeah. I, th- I think that i um you know i'm sure that this will be an unpopular opinion but i i honestly believe that you know feminism has been duped and somehow they, they've, you know, the narrative is, is that you know they need to be more like men, and this idea of like being a, you know, effeminate is some is somehow like a manly thing. It's, it's weird, you know. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, the, a woman should have absolutely been paid the the due respect that she deserved when doing, uh, the, you know, the the female the female work of taking care of children and making sure that the house is in order. Because we could see today. Okay, the fact that women were—I I, think—like were kind of like not given that the the due, you know, like the due respect. We can see today the destruction of the atomic family and the atomic household. Like, th- there's a reason why, you know, they say that behind every good man is a great woman. Okay. It, it's, oh, it's
1: it's so true. It, it's like it's it, so it, true.
0: You know, people miss that point. It's it's not about the fucking. I'm sorry to say, this, it's not about the fucking good guy. It's about the great woman. And oh, I agree. It it it, it takes it, it absolutely takes that and I think we're totally fucked today. Excuse my language. Well, I mean, like it,
1: your most important job too is father mother, right? And like I can tell you like you know they it, it tries I don't know Society's trying to put you in a corner where you can only be one. Hey look, my mom, brilliant woman. She was very big businesswoman and guess what? She was a great mom. She made she made dinner, she was always there for us. I can't think of a time when my mom was not there for us, you know, eating dinners, and she still had a extremely successful um, executive career, you know? So it's just like, it's just so bizarre. I guess that's what, that's the tactic though, is try to get you, I guess, put you in a corner where you have to make a decision and neglect something else that's actually more important. Because like, for instance, myself, you know, I care about, my career and building my job but shoot like my most important position in life after uh, being a follower of Jesus Christ is being a great son being a great husband and being a great father like that's number one right and for some reason people are just I guess popular culture is telling people no you need to be great at your job have all these things and you don't need all these things I mean let's be real like it's just it's people are living their lives, fighting for things that they don't need and doing that as a priority above the things they really do need um, and, and fulfilling the roles that are really important, most important. And you're right. I mean, that leads to population control for sure. Um, and, and to go even further on that point, like if you go the feminist move, movement, if you go into the wise, the like deep down the rabbit hole. I mean it was a whole other tax base.
0: Yep. I mean that's right. true.
1: Like it, it opened up a lot more people to tax.
0: It's such a mindfuck. Um, it, it it is such a mindfuck and I just want to go back to uh um to uh, to something that uh that that you said just before. Um like I I believe, you know, the fact that your mother was able to to do that is definitely amazing. Right? Like it's all the power to her because I I think that you know, people shouldn't, people shouldn't be forced. I'm not saying she was, but people shouldn't be forced into that type of a position, right? Like you, you, you should be able to, at one point th- there was, we had the capability to have one breadwinner in the family and have somebody else. That's that's,
1: that's take, true.
0: Take care of the family. And, and we've been fucking, you know, we've been robbed of that.
1: Well, that's, you true. know, to a you certain know, extent to me, it's like, um, you know, to me, you know, the interesting thing is, is when I was younger, and, and, and they had the term feminist. I used to be like, well, I guess I'm a feminist because I believe in equality. I believe that men and women should have the same opportunities. A woman should be able to pursue her career, man the same. Um, now, I still believe both need to, to put their family as the priority. But uh, if you can do that, if you can have your family and pursue your dreams, and make, I think you should be able to do that. So you say, oh, well, yeah, I'm a feminist. And then I realized, wait a second, feminism is not equality. Like, not now. It, it is supremacy. I've seen it for too many years now. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that's the uh, ironic thing, but it's all political, political stuff, you know, just like race issues. Like that's, that's a, that's another card they're playing. Like it's, it's it's BS, you know, like you, you will always have stupid um, people who are racist or sexist. Yes, this is true, but don't tell me society is institutionally racist. Like, not in America. I'm. It's just not true. I mean, do do you have some some institutions? Sure. I mean, that's that's anywhere, and I think it's really hard to get rid of. I mean, you're basically trying to create the perfect people that so you never have any racism or any sexism or whatever. But if you're telling me it's institutional, like that's just not true. Um, and, and I think it's it's a it's a diversion tactic because, like, for instance, like right now, all this craziness going on. Um, and I've seen it with a lot of people that I talk to, friends. I try to correct them on this, you know, from bo- from all different sides. Say, so, hey, look, guys, like it's just a distraction. Like it's not racism. That's not the issue. The issue is police brutality, which which affects everyone. You know, so because you're you're being diverted your attention to this conflict between other people for these immutable traits, which You shouldn't be diverting your attention to that. That's not an issue. I can tell you what is an issue, though, is police brutality. And in order for us to address that issue, we have to put aside this BS infighting they get us involved in, you know, uh, man versus women, white versus black, whatever it is. Put that aside. Put that aside. It's BS conflict that's being drummed up so that we don't actually focus on the real issues. Cause if we ever do, then they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I, I just, uh, the, there was, there was a piece that I wanted to go back to that you said, right. About family as a priority. Right. So, um, it, it's like everything you watch, if you, if you have the, you know, if you have the misfortune of sitting in front of your television and actually believing what you're seeing, right. You're, you're constantly being reminded about all the ways that you're not, um, You know, you're 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 not adequate. Right. The guy doesn't have enough hair, doesn't drive a nice enough car, doesn't you know what I mean? Doesn't have cool enough gadgets. The woman, Mm -hmm. you know, she needs the longer eyelashes. You know, Mm -hmm. she she needs like way more facial creams. She needs like different, you know, all the stuff. Right. Like and that's and that's really like that's all they're ever doing. And to be perfectly honest, that is part of the distraction. All of this is like Mm -hmm. part of the distraction and it's like a much, it's at a smaller role than the piece you're talking about. But when they pull the race card, okay, I find when they pull these types of things, this is when they mean business. This is when they really don't want you paying attention. I agree. You know, it's like, it's so weird that that whole like, and you know, again, I'm not going to play into the politics of what happened with, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything like that in Seattle. But I just find this, that, that whole uh, George Floyd thing, and COVID and all of this stuff. Everything is like very strangely kind of uh, intersected, you know?
1: Well, you know, it's like I, I – you know, I tell – it's like, you know, guys, like I support protesters. Like, you know, that's that's one of my specialties when I went to law school. I love the Constitution. I support the First Amendment. I support protesters. I may not always agree with them, but I support your right to protest. In this case, I do agree with the protest with uh, police brutality. But – what i do what i'm against is i'm against the violent police and i'm against the violent rioters and like the thing is is people like you said like with this programming from the media it's like they're told you have two choices you can you can you can be on the side of the police or you can be on the side of of the rioters it's like no you can hate both those sections or you know or not in hate i don't use the word hate you can say both these sections of people Are being violent in an aggressive manner against peaceful people, and it's wrong. You can say that. Like, that's okay. Like, we can can correct both issues. We can say, hey, look, police have been uh, infringing upon the liberties and the constitutional liberties of people for a very long time and putting people in cages for things that don't harm people. We can say that's wrong. And then uh, being overly aggressive and violent towards people in the process of their profession. We can say that. And then we can also say, hey, but if you have a problem with it, you shouldn't go on private property of private citizens and destroy their stuff and hurt their person. Like, that's wrong, too. You can say both wrong. And actually, that's the only stance that's consistent morally. You know? It's true. Any other stance. Yeah. It's it's amazing the job they've done to make people think, to to make them embrace inconsistent um, moral I I guess frameworks, and I guess it goes back to, and you know, we can go down a lot of rabbit holes, but like it goes back to one of the quotes from I can't remember who it was from the CIA that said like we will we will have been successful when everything the public believes is false, and like that's kind of what you're talking about is people are constantly bombarded with bad messages, bad morals, uh, trying to lead them to pursue things that won't make them happy it's not true happiness it's not real values it's not what you what will really fulfill you and trying to get people to have all these morally inconsistent views so they can't even operate on a day-to-day basis um it it really is warfare like and you're seeing it like I, i can tell you i don't care what you think about trump i don't like any politician um but what i will say is that since he got elected You've seen it ramp up like crazy. I've never seen it like be so crazy with just constantly people getting bombarded with politicized everything and messages. And it's
0: just wild. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's wild. And, and if you really, you know, if you take if you take the time to zoom out, you can see that it's it's like a campaign of confusion. And I'm not talking about Trump particularly. I'm talking about the, the like the global picture. You know, it's a it's like a campaign of confusion and all these different narratives are all battling it out. And to be perfectly honest, all it does is keep every single one of us separated. Right. Oh, I agree. I I mean, their biggest fear. Right.
1: Like like what if people got together and said, why am I born and then I I work? And I pay taxes on what I bring in. I pay a, a large percentage. I mean, depending on how much you bring in, but still, you you pay a decent percentage of what you bring in to a third party uh, that will that will put you in a cage at gunpoint if you don't do so. So you got to do it right. It's big gang, and and uh, so I do that on my income. Anything I bring in, I got to pay a percentage. Right then, if I decide I want to buy something, well, you know, got to give this this mob another take the same mob' got to give them a percentage of that um, man if you're fortunate enough to get enough to, to buy some property well you know you don't really own that because you're going to need to give us a percentage of that you know for the the rest of your ownership of that that asset and hey if you make a good investment in life too you know you know that we need a piece of that too a pretty significant percentage and this should this should be very relatable to Bitcoiners. And then if you, finish, if you finish your life, right, and, uh, and you accumulated some good assets because you want to help your kids and your offspring also have a good start and continue with life and take care of your grandkids, their kids, well, you know what? We're going to need our cut out of that first too, you know? And it's just how did we get here? <laughs> you know, and, and I know we've had these discussions in, mm. uh, in our watering hole, TCBP, it's very dear to my heart because we can have these discussions, and it's we got here because people, strong people, let it happen. They they just they wanted to just enjoy their lives, right? And we, I mean it's understandable. We all want to avoid confrontation. We want to enjoy our lives and uh, kick the can down the road. And so this can of debt and responsibility to stand up for what's right. It, it just kept getting kicked down the road. Because it's like, well, I could stand up for this, but it puts me at risk, and, you know, everything's fine right now, and I'm benefiting from this, so let's just put it off for the next generation, right? And so it just kept getting put off, put off, and put off, and as you do that, the penalty and uh, the negative effects, they exponentially increase, right? And... To the point where eventually it's going to break at some point, and now we're seeing major effects. Since it's like the the mem, right? What happened in 1971, right? Oh yeah. And you're, yeah, and it's so true. Like, look at it. Look at uh, what the CPI, like, a, like an accurate CPI. Like, look at the effects. Like you were talking about about how I mean, it's not even a sexism issue. It's not a gender issue. Like, the facts are in 1971. Man or woman, whoever's working, right? You could have one bread, bread uh, winner, and that's it. And you could get your house right out of college. You could pay for your college with a part-time job. Your health care was reasonable. Like you could do all these things, and now you can't. Now, like college is going to put you in debt. A lot of people for life, and man, most people, I mean, they're not going to be able to buy their house. They're going to have to get a mortgage. Hey, that's another chain. Um, and it, it's just all these things are just going out of control. And you know, it, it's just, it's all tied together. Cause it's like, you, you have all these assets being pushed up artificially in value and it benefits the people, the older generations, cause they hold their wealth in those assets. Um, but it's not real demand, and and you the the future is being sacrificed because they can't purchase necessities anymore. That's your future. They can't they can't purchase necessities, and we're reaching that breaking point right now. And so I can just tell you, my friend, and all my friends listening, um, who I'm thankful for, because uh, it keeps me sane, is that during these crazy times, I just I've been the most unsettled I've ever been thinking about these things kind of like our, our controversial friend, American Hoddle mentioned the other day on Twitter. It's like, it's just so much is going on right now. Most people are completely oblivious to it, but it's like, something's got to (laughs) happen. Like, like like it's just getting the point of being, we're just, I mean, I said the breaking point, we're way past the breaking point. So I'm yeah, I'm just wondering like, what is going to happen? Like, and we are all, We all know that we have a life raft with Bitcoin and we do. Um, But man, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, you know, I think I just don't know how all this stuff's going to, going to pan out. Um, But I know that right now the the way society is, is not sustainable. So something's going to have to change.
0: That's right. And uh, yeah.
1: And I have hope and, and belief and we have brilliant people Uh, especially in the Bitcoin community, working on solutions. And at some point, the old guard is going to be bashed down, Um, figuratively or literally. I mean, it's going to happen.
0: Well, you know, it's funny, right? Because um, actually here, before I go on about this, um, I just wanted to add one point. The word mortgage in Latin stands um, translates to death pledge.
1: That's so, right.
0: so, so to the people, right. so, so to the people that think that you, we, we were ever meant to pay off a mortgage, you're out of your mind. You were never meant yeah. to pay off the mortgage. It's called a death pledge. You're going to pay to that shit till you die. that I
1: love that you did that because people need to like, actually, I remember I had a, I had my favorite professor. I brought him up in uh, the group the other day, but uh, uh, he's a great professor, but he's like, if you know, you have a case book. In law school, you gotta you read these cases. I mean, there's just so many details. So you have, like, like I don't know, hundreds of footnotes of one case, right? And, like, you better know every single definition of every single word. That's why I love that you did that because, like, people just – they're like, oh, I don't know the definition of that word. I'll move on. Why? You're reading this. Like, you should know what it means. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, just for de- people, like, they don't even take the time. Like, okay, mortgage, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, like you said, like you should know that if if more people knew the origins of things, man, we'd be so, so much better off.
0: So it's very interesting you say that, right? Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think, well, you you know, the saying, right? If I, you know, if you control, control the means to the money production, then it doesn't matter who makes the laws. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was, I don't know if it was Rockefeller or Rothschild who said that, but it, you know, there's a point to be said for what you just mentioned about language and you, language is incredibly important and can be one of the most powerful, absolutely, you know, most powerful tools that, that you can use in an arsenal. Because most people are, are not looking at the meanings of the words. And, you know, they, they conflate those meanings, right? They confuse them. And you don't even, to be perfectly honest, at some point, people don't even know what they're saying anymore. They're, they're just rattling off rhetoric,
1: it's it, you're right you know it's very powerful the words used like like let's let's take it one step further like let's look at like laws the, like the patriot act right yeah like like it 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 is entitled the very opposite thing that it is it, it's just we're, we're in this this modern culture where it's like up is down like the patriot act right like it's just it's just ridiculous like People, it's ridiculous how it's normal for something like the Patriot Act to be called the Patriot Act. I guess that's my point. It's just so bizarre. Like, how in the world can something that, that just obliterates uh, the privacy rights of Americans be called patriotic? It's just ridiculous. It's, you know, and not, not just privacy rights, by the way. There's a lot more in there, but I'm just saying, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a big part of it. So.
0: Who who was it that said it? Uh, Benjamin Franklin. The uh, the society that gives up uh, freedom for security will enjoy neither and have none, or something like that. Yeah, it's
1: it's so true. Yeah, Ben Franklin. Well, it's like anything. It's like gun control. Hey, look, like gun control is like me practicing with my Glock with my trigger control. Like to me, that's gun control. Like when you're taking guns away from vic- potential victims and and making more gun free zones where ninety eight percent of um of of uh the mass shootings happen i mean that's to me that's victim disarmament and that's what i mean like language is is powerful because like if you call that gun control it's like it's like shoving a, a concept that is inconsistent with what it's entitled down people's throats that if it was properly characterized they may actually assess it more accurately and be like yeah that's bs right but they call it gun control because it's more palatable
0: right? yes
1: and that's that's why I'm a big thing of, like, instead of prison, and, like, I did this on the Saints podcast, uh, but it's, it's, like, it's a cage because that's what it is. Like, and, and like, I, I'm big, like, when, when we talk about the craziness going on right now with uh, the protests and the riots and police brutality and everything, um, it's, like, we're always talking about, like, what is the solution? Well, I can tell you the first solution is decriminalization. Like, you have to get rid of laws that don't actually harm people. And, I agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you got to get rid of those things. And then the second thing is you got to remove immunity from cops. Like they have to be accountable for their actions just like anybody else. And I can't believe that that's such a controversial topic, but it is,
0: you know? Oh, oh my God. You can't, you can't do that. You know, yeah, they, like, they, because like, they're, they're standing up for the, they're standing up for the state. They're, they're protecting you. They have to have a different set of laws. I'm just like I'm obviously being completely sarcastic, you know. I mean, no, I know you are. I know, I know. <laughs> like it's, it's it's just it's so insane, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I you know I, I don't desire you know to be a, a police officer. I, I would not want to be in that position, but I would definitely want to be in a society um, that actually protects both the individual and the police officer, you know, through well, I mean, through we... accurate through accurate laws that make sense, right? like to your point, what, what we have is the imposition of a surplus of laws that make no fucking sense. And if there's anything I've learned, I, a, a society that is like poorly run is one with like, it's like, how can I say this? It's like the more laws we make, the more chaos we bring.
1: Well, that, that's a very popular quote, by the way, about uh, the more laws you have, the less freedom you have, which is so true. But I mean, that's the thing. is like, like, those are two issues to me. Like, first of all, if you sign up to be a, be a cop, like, you're a bad guy. And, and it's like, hey, look, I know cops and, you know, you know seem like decent guys, but they're, they're not in practice. Because when you sign up to be a cop right now, you are agreeing, it's part of your job, to enforce laws that are unconstitutional and that put peaceful people in cages uh, for not harming anybody. Like, yeah, you're doing some important things, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you're also um locking pe- violent people up and, and people who harm people. and that is important. like we do need to um, take out harmful, aggressive actors out of society. That is true. But the problem right now is this is why I talk about decriminalization being the root the root thing that we have to solve is because the first thing you got to do is eliminate laws that put people in cages for for non-harmful actions. Because then you're not putting the police officer in that position, right? So that's the first thing. is like every single thing that that police officer signs up to enforce needs to be constitutional and it needs to be um, taking a aggressive, harmful person out of society, right? That's the first thing. And the second thing is is that police officer has to be responsible for his actions, just like anyone else. So. If the police officer just decides to go rogue and and put a person who is not an aggressive, harmful person in a cage or harm him in the process of trying to put him in a cage, that police officer has to be held accountable for his actions, just like any other private person. Um, so those—that's how you solve it. But you know, obviously, there is, the political interest is in not solving that.
0: So well, of course.
1: Um, it's, you
0: know. it's the easiest thing to do, right? It's, yeah. it's so much easier to just drum up a new law, create some tax, you know, some, some revenue stream, and boom, now, you know, you've, you, you've followed the incentive, right? The incentive mm-hmm. was to create revenue. And now look, now you've got somebody else going through the system. Everybody wins except that person. So it's almost seen as like a societal good. Look, you helped so many people there.
1: You know, even though it's, it's, I mean, it's just crazy to me how we got here. I've just been thinking about that. I guess with this coronavirus, we've had some time uh, because a lot of the American sports marks have been down for me, so I've had more time to ponder some of these things. And uh, you know, and the one thing you know we've talked about in DC TCBP is, uh, and I've talked about it because we have a lot of people from all over the world. I love them all. And like I said before in St. Saint, uh, Saint Bitcoin's podcast, like America is an idea. It's not a geographical region. It's an idea. And you know, I want all my, my Bitcoin brothers and all of us to build a world based on uh, the principles of natural law. And, uh, ba- and basically, that's just, hey, if I'm not aggressively harming anybody, leave me alone. Like it's, it's that simple. And uh, my hope is that Bitcoin will enable us to uh, impose that society in the most peaceful manner. That's my hope, right? But, um, I mean, the one thing I've been kind of harking on lately is that, like, America, like, how did we get to be such a financial tyrant? I mean, you know the answer. But, like, it's just, like, I'm talking about, like, taxation, regulation, all these filing requirements. You know, it's just, like, how did we get here? Um, It's just an interesting... Uh, realization when you say, hey, look, well, we had freedom of speech, we had the Second Amendment, but yet people still allowed themselves to get chained financially. I mean, it's just, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, you know, because like nowhere in the world are you, do you as a citizen, private citizen, have the ability to have a semi-automatic rifle, protect your rights, speak out, you know, have, a, have your voice be a weapon as well. And yet America has become one of the worst financial tyrannies in the world. And I say that as someone who loves America. And I guess the reason why I've been very vocal lately is because I want us to correct that because it's embarrassing to who we are as a people. It really is like we should not be. I mean, hey, look, the, the bottom line is, is if we were really American and held to our ideals, Bitcoin would be our currency. It's just the way it is. Like, we wouldn't have some private banking cabal um, running our finances and, our, and controlling the money. And, you know, even our founding fathers were against um, the Federal Reserve and what it's become. So I, I guess that's kind of one of my emphases now is as someone who loves America and who wants America to be, again, the beacon, the beacon of freedom that it's supposed to be. Like, we need to wake up. Because like it's not like we're a little tyrannical financially. Like we're crazy tyrannical financially. We're the only country in the world that our citizens, if they go live somewhere else, they still gotta they're still on the hook for income taxes. Like, yeah, you can get the the FEI, the exclusion up to a certain amount, but the point is, is you're still on the hook even though you're living somewhere else. Um, I mean almost no other country does that. Um, oh yeah and that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg I mean like I just I've been paying very attention uh, another name I'll throw out there but I don't agree with everything he says but I, he's, he's very knowledgeable about the world and the financial uh, liberties is Andrew Henderson of no bad capitalist um, he has some great videos I, I've when I take my lunch break I usually watch one of them, uh, one of his videos and uh, he left the US and uh, he says you know his personal reasons whatever but uh the one thing i will say um, about him is that he really understands how the rest of the world is not chained financially like americans are and it's just so bizarre i have a a family member who lives abroad and 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 i just we talk about this all the time it's like yeah like social freedoms like america is king that's true like i studied abroad in places you would say are some of the most uh, free socially and they're not as socially free as the U S like n- other countries. There's no country that um, legally, you know, in, you know, in writing as a part of their, their law is, and enables the social freedoms that we have. Right. Now you can talk about soft freedoms. Mm-hmm. You can say, well, you can go this place and they don't really enforce the laws. Okay. But, but, but it's there, they can't enforce it against you. So we are socially the most free country in the world. But I tell you, financially, we're so far down, it's embarrassing. And I I guess the reason why I want to bring this up is I want Americans to wake up because I want them to to realize like, hey, look, like this is so out of control. Our finances, our, our, our taxes, our regulations, our filing requirements. I mean, it's so out of control. Like it needs a major revamp. I'm not talking about a touch-up here and there. I mean, there needs to be a major revamping of America financially. Because uh, apparently, oh. unfortunately, like, I mean, I guess I'll in on this because I want you to chime in on it. I don't want to run, run, run. <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. Yeah, I know I do that. But but I guess what I want to say is, like, apparently our social freedoms were, were not enough to protect our financial freedoms. Like, our, the people – I guess, you know, we always talk about the remnant, right? Like you brought that up, that great article you sent me on, which I loved, by the way. Um, but it's like the remnant, like, like is, is a very small section of people. And the masses did not use their social freedoms to protect their financial freedoms here. Um, and so we got to get them back. I guess that's what Bitcoin's about. But, uh, I mean, it is what Bitcoin's about, but we got to get those back.
0: Oh, I I totally agree. I, I mean that and uh, yeah to to your point that article there um uh Isaiah's job about the remnant uh, that was uh, Francis Puglio that pointed me in the direction of that. That I I read that and I absolutely got goosebumps because I understood immediately uh the role that we play <laughs> and it, it's like wow that it, it was very uh it was definitely deep and I I think I personally did not realize um the um, the taxation that, you know, we, you know, that, that we in America end up incurring if we go to live overseas and that everywhere we go, um, we, we are simply always, you know what I mean? We are always, uh, I guess like paying, you know, we're always paying the piper everywhere we are, you know? And it's the, the thing about it is this, right? Because you, you know, you explained like, you know, we, we we kinda know how we got here, but but really what people don't want to admit, the average person doesn't want to admit is that, you know, we, we're lazy, right? People people are lazy. Yeah. The the average person is lazy and personal responsibility is incredibly difficult for most people. Nobody wants True. to be personally responsible, um, or very few people. And and as a result, it's so much easier to simply just off off uh you know, offset the burden. Right, offset it to a, a an, an omnipotent third party that just absorbs all the ill will, that just absorbs all of the problems, and quote unquote makes them go away. Right, but right. but but in the end, it's like we're we're a, we're a fucking closed ecosystem on, on Earth. The problems don't just go away. We can't just like offset this to somebody else. And we have we have. And to your point, right, we. We've watched generation after generation do this, and now here we are, a bunch of bag holders, and and we've got all this weight, and there's absolutely no substance to it. You know, like, like what, what do we have now? We're in 2020, we have, a, we have a money that is entirely debt-based. So every single, you know what I mean? Every single one of us, as you know as well as I do, because we talk about this all the time... Every second of the day, every penny that we've earned is constantly losing its value. And, it, yeah. and, and, and people will always sit there and tell you, you know, oh, yeah, well, I have investments and the investments earn 4 to 6% annual and this and that. Okay, well, guess what? The, the Fed can print as much as they want whenever they want. You have zero control over that. And your, yeah. sto- and your stocks, they can dilute your shares. So, so at the end of the day, I mean, look, look at what happened in 2008, man. Tons of people were getting ready to retire, right? Wasn't that convenient, you know? Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, I, I kid you not, I can't tell you how many people that were, you know, it's like these people were about to retire and now they're they are all, they're, they're fucking working as greeters in Walmart. Not that there is yeah. a- anything wrong with work. I don't care what work you do. I've have scrubbed toilets. I've been a greeter. I've made subs. I, I don't, it doesn't really matter. Work is work. It's its about what you do with the money. But, you know, to, right, it's, to, it's to see wrong, that, right? Right.
1: Like, that's the point. It's just wrong. It That should not be. Like, I always tell like, we, like, you know, we shouldn't have necessities be this expensive. There shouldn't be this many homeless people. There shouldn't be starving people. There shouldn't be people who are struggling to get a house. Like, that's what we talk about. Like, why can't you buy a house when you get out of college? Why do you have to accept a lifetime of debt just to get educated? You know, like, why do you, why, why? You know, it's, it's just. It's just so frustrating. And and that's the thing that we just have to obliterate with Bitcoin. We have to obliterate it because there's human beings are so powerful. They really are. And we've just been held back for so long. And if we can just get these entities, these centralized entities out of the way and start working together more. Especially in systems that don't rely on trust you know and and third parties if we can just interact more together um man the things we can create i mean it just it brings a tear to my eye thinking about like what we can do as human beings like the the possibilities are limitless we just have to get these bad actors out of the way and and take away the reins out of their hands and just work together and, and we can eliminate these bad things. I mean, yeah, we'll never be perfect. You know, I, I'm a big believer in perfect is the enemy of the good. But but we can we can be way, way better than we are now in almost every area. Um, and people don't need to be struggling like they are. It's 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 completely unnecessary. And the reason why it's happened is because, you know, powerful people centralized and, um, Got in the way of the natural process of human beings building working together, which I mean, we've never been to a stage in technology where we can we can all work together and build things. Now, um, we just got to get these controllers out of the way. Um, Bitcoin is a humongous part of that. And uh, but, I, you know, we talked about this in TCBP, like Bitcoin is absolutely essential, but it's not all that is necessary that's my opinion like like you're not like bitcoin itself is not going to just do everything like good people are going to have to take a stand non-comply with things that are wrong and build things and and just be good people and work together like we have to have that too um so i i really i i, I want young especially young bitcoiners to understand that too like hey man ho, hodling bitcoin like Boy, that is just a humongous, heroic act in this uh, revolution to restore freedom to the globe. But like you also need to be a a person of character. Like you also need to uh, be a good person that that finds other ways to to enable freedom and to uh, to not comply with things that are wrong. um, I won't go on a big spiel on it, but. disabling the funding mechanisms of these people who are getting in the way of us working together, i.e. taxes. That's an important part, guys. Like, cause like if you hodl your Bitcoin and pay taxes on it, like it's not going to change that. I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to remove their power. I guess is my point, like we need a sound money and then we also need to make sure that it's not subject to constant theft, which includes taxation. We're protected against inflation, but we need to protect ourselves against taxation, too. And I guess one of the things I see coming down the line, potentially, with all this crazy stuff, because none of us know how all this is going to go. But I could definitely see governments, including America's, becoming more tyrannical and upping the tax rate. We have all types of different taxes, and we need to make sure that we do not allow that to happen. Um, So that's a big part of it, too. And I I feel like that's just never talked about because it's a very scary thing to stand up to the mob. Um, But uh, that's important, you know? We got to get a backbone at some point.
0: I I totally agree. You know, like, do you ever see that meme about, like, everybody? Like, essentially, it shows, like, all the bankers and the war machine and everything, like, all sitting around the table, and all the people are the table legs, and it just says below it, if we all stand up, they, they can't play their game anymore. And yeah. and that meme is yeah. an incredibly powerful, and it is absolutely true. And I, I can say that you know one of the interesting things I found, like even in in the workplace, right? Like let's say you're working for a, a company, and and the company is doing something clearly wrong to its employees. Do you know how difficult it is to get your your fellow employees to stand up for the right thing? alongside oh, you yeah. you know why and it's it's the beautiful this is the mindfuck of incentives okay because they've got their kids to feed they've got their bills right. they've got their bills to pay they've got their problems to solve so guess what as much as he wants to do the right thing he needs to just shut up and pay the bills and that is the problem and they understand that so as long as the wheel gets bigger and the energy required you know i.e money you know, the, the fiat that's required to make it spin, well, they'll make sure that, you know, that you, you never really get a chance to stand up because you'll never be able to find enough people altogether. So well, that's
1: what corporatism is, right? I mean, like, hey, guys, I hate to break it to you, but the father of uh, fascism, Benito Mussolini, when he asked what fascism is, he said corporatism. Uh, what do we have in America right now?
0: Corporatism. Like,
1: if this isn't corporatism, <laughs> I don't know what is. And like you said, excellent point about how it, it misaligns the incentives. Like I'm such a big believer in incentives. That's a problem. You're right. People are incentivized to, to act in a way that doesn't benefit society and that doesn't lead to more productivity. Um, I mean, what we want to do is we want to incentivize production, and that's not what this does anymore. Um, I mean that's why Socialism always fails Is because you disincentivize production That's right you know, it's Whatever you want to think about it uh, I, I personally don't Like a lot of people say Well it's a nice idea But it doesn't work in practice Well to me it's not a nice idea Because anything that requires Violence to implement Is a immoral thing And socialism, communism Absolutely requires Um, force and violence to say, hey, look, this is the right thing. You have to do it or we're going to punish you. It's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But but even after that, even if you do think, oh, it's a nice idea. Well, the facts are is that it disincentivizes production and that production and wealth is not a zero-sum game like people make it out to be. The more producers we incentivize, the more products and wealth and things that we can all enjoy as a society and that's why socialism socialism fails because it disincentivizes producers and it's one thing i've been telling friends of mine is like uh you know the thing i'm concerned about in america is a wealth and capital flight because i it's just you can see like the direction of this country and we don't know which way it's going to go but we can see where it is right now and it is going in i mean we are socialists and we're going more and more socialists and you're going to push out innovators. You're going to push out producers. Um, and I'm not saying that those people eventually will find out, well, you book somewhere else and, and then guess what? They, they developed and they had the same thing happen to them. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is these people, they're going to, to use the guy I mentioned, Andrew Henderson's phrase, they're going to go where they're treated best. And it used to be that we attracted all these genius people from all over the globe. And now we're going to push out a lot of brilliant people, a lot of producers, and that scares me because it's like reverse Americanism, <laughs> you know. Like uh, we we want to to open it up. We want to attract brilliant people. We want this to be the place where um, this is like the place for freedom. Like anyone, anyone, as long as you're not a violent, harmful person, you can come here. And 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 uh, which is the which is I guess the problem with that is the welfare state is that people should be allowed to come here and then if they can make it they stay if they can't they leave like that's the most natural free market solution to it and if that's where we we were um and we'd be heading in a great direction but that's not where we are right we're we're keeping we're, we're not we're not just now we're keeping talented people out of the country and then we're also starting to push talented producers out and, uh, I'm just a big believer in like simply addressing things, right? Like just simply diagnosing things. And that's where we are. And I just, we got to correct it, man. We we got to correct this because, um, it's not going to lead to, to, to what everyone wants. Um, oh, yeah. it's not going to lead to more productivity and better life for people. It's just not, um,
0: I just wanted to add, I just wanted to add that, um, Something that because I've been obviously tumbling down this rabbit hole of learning about uh, socialism and all kinds of stuff, and um, because I obviously want to get you know I want to get more educated about it and and you know be able to think clearly about it. And something I've learned recently is that communism was rebranded as social democracy. Yeah. So yeah, so so funny, right? so to all the people that sit there and think that like you're you're you know you're creating something brand new that's going to help everyone. It, it, it's going to help no one. It's the same shit. It's just rebranded to simply slide under the radar. That That's all well, it I mean, is. I, I
1: think a lot of our brothers from Venezuela can talk about how the rebranding went. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> it, I mean. Exactly. It,
1: it, it's the, the, It's Language is a very, like we talked about before, is a very powerful tool. And boy, nobody knows how to use it like these communists, uh, like uh, the Alinsky-ites. You know, all the, the what's his name, Saul Alinsky, he wrote The Rules for Radicals. Um, if, you, if you look at these politicians, these socialists, these communists, these Marxists, like, they follow his rules to 18. I mean, and they're effective. Like, the thing is, is, like, you have to, one thing I see people, too, is, like, they, they like, write people off that they don't like or ideas they don't like. is like, oh, well, that's dumb. It's like, okay, yeah, it's dumb and destructive, but guess what? It's very effective. And you need to know what you're being confronted with so that you can counter it and battle it. Um, and uh, I, I really urge people to look at, at, at read Alinsky. I think his last name's Alinsky. And The Rules for Radicals is the book because, like, that's what they do. Like, all those strategies, that's that's how they get people to – buy into these authoritarian measures
0: um i want to add yeah i want to add to that okay the other myth about it is is that if you don't care okay if you don't support this then you don't care about the welfare of everybody that that is one of the i find one of the dangerous tricks that gets pulled yeah. you know oh if you don't su- uh. you don't support this well you don't care about everybody else. That's, that, that's not what anybody said. You know, what we're saying is, is that we're willing to figure out the correct way to do this instead of in, oh. in, instead of indirectly or directly screwing a bunch of people over because we know what we're doing is wrong. You know, like, oh, I that's, agree
1: with you. yeah, that's socialize anything like socialized medicine. Oh, like, you don't you don't care about people's health care. It's like, no, actually, I do care. And and so I want everyone to get, I want all these barriers of entry and everything to get out so that the free market can properly address everybody's health concerns, the lowest cost possible, instead of just creating a ton of waste and then giving everyone bad health care. Like giving everyone bad health care is, you give everyone bad health care that doesn't improve health outcomes, you're not really providing health care to people. No, and that's what socialized medicine does. So, the free market will address that. Um, it's basically we don't have like we never have had. I mean, I, I not in my lifetime. Like, when have we not had socialized medicine? It's gotten most more socialized, but the reason why all the prices of necessities like healthcare goes up is because of so- socialism. That's why it's all these parties in between that mess up the natural free market of things.
0: Absolutely, um, and it, the and the lobbyists, yeah. Don't forget, it's right? The,
1: <laughs> oh, I know. You know, it's to the point where oh, there's so many people. It's like it's like um, I was talking to my mom the other day. I said, you know, um, we we really need to radically uh, just take a dagger to the tax system. But there's too many people that profit off of it being very very complicated, <laughs> you know. And that's like that's just a microcosm of our society at, at large. It's that there's We have way too many institutions and things in our society that are that are overly complicated and and ineffective, and they are allowed to persist uh, because people profit off of it being (laughs) that way. You know, um, yeah, you know, and and I guess as Bitcoiners, like the solution is well, first we we have to take back the money because that's, that's enabled all this malinvestment, like at a very large scale, like all these institutions and companies that continue to persist, it's enabled by malinvestment and, and that's enabled by Keynesianism uh, and the current financial system. Um, So that's the, that's the start. Right. And then we can, we can figure out everything else. But, but at first we, we need to take that power back. There's, there's nothing more important, um, I mean, aside from like the, the true, simple, important things in your life, God, family, you know, those things, your loved ones. Um, there's, there's nothing more important uh, than this Bitcoin fight. There really isn't. Um, everybody's in the fight. Everybody's in the war. They don't, they don't know it, but if you, um, I mean, I said this on the Saints podcast, but it, it bears repeating that if you are a human being on this spinning globe and interacting with people, like you're part of this. So you you can either transact in something that will not be will not enable theft of your savings and uh, censor you for your decisions and actions and confiscate things from you, basically enabling force. it's like, okay, well, we'll just seize these assets or whatever. That's uh, a lot of controls there in the world today. Or you can go along with it and be a fiat slave, and you can allow your wealth to be inflated into nothing, which is Americans, that seems like an abstract concept, but to other people around the world who've lost their savings multiple times, it's a very real thing. You can have all your savings inflated to nothing and have to start completely over through no fault of your own. Um, and then you can have your actions censored um, and you, and your wealth confiscated because of political reasons. Like, And even in the U.S. now, um, with civil asset forfeiture, you can have your assets freezed. Uh, because you're just accused of something and then you can be um, found innocent and your assets will not necessarily return to you. I mean, that is just so radical to me to think about, but it's true. Um, So that's the fight. Uh, I, I try to wake people up, but you know how hard it is to wake people up, especially the people of wealth right now, because the system has enabled them to build themselves up, right? So they look at young people um, in large part, and they don't see the real problems because they see everything from their lens. They see everything from, well, when I grew up, I could get a part-time job, pay off my college, I could buy a house, um, and and all these things. They see it from that lens, like healthcare was affordable, um, basically all their necessities were affordable. And, and so now when they see young people upset with rightfully about this very corrupt system and how it's coming to a head, they, it takes them a very long time to, to see that um, the world hasn't, I'm not gonna say the world has changed because this has been building for a very long time, but like um, the circumstances for people now growing up are just wildly different. And um, it's a very selfish thing to, 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 I guess, to resist this movement, um, to to basically enable everybody to control their savings and their wealth and not be subject to to the theft that we have today. Um, And and, and it benefits everybody. It benefits, obviously, it benefits those people as well, but they're just more slow to move, right? Um, that's a challenge yeah. for us but I think that that challenge is going to be solved not really as much by us but as much as by what's going to happen with the economy as, as they continue to resist and, and around the world too socially too because this, this affects um, social unrest and things that we're seeing um, eventually unfortunately you know a lot of people have to touch the stove to know it's it's hot and just how it's going to happen with especially most of these uh as we say boomers but like i love like so many boomers have made me such a great person so i you know i'm not like i'm not saying that there's a lot of great boomer bitcoiners too but i'm just saying at large it's because they lived a different time they are slower to recognize um what's going on and to take the steps that are needed to correct it and they don't feel it as much as young people so as you would say as we would both say, but as you pointed out earlier, is they are not as incentivized to take quick corrective action, but they are soon. They're about to be.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of sad because like we tried, I, I I see this as like, as from a love standpoint, it's like we, we even though, I mean, you know, it's not just that you know, it's, it's generation before generation, before generation led to this. It's not just boomers. That's it's, right. It's every generation. Uh, so, but it's just, nobody has stood up and, and because I think we all have older people that we love dearly and out of love, we're trying to get them not just selfishness. Like, like I think a lot of them think like it's an investment thing, like pump my bags. That's not what it is with Bitcoin. Like, yeah, with crypto crap, sure. But with Bitcoin, like it's really like this is what we have to do to right the world. And um, it's going to happen with you or without you because eventually it's going to be with you it's just going to be later so i think a lot of us can relate to the fact that we are just begging and pleading with older people like hey like have some bitcoin <laughs> like you need some exposure to this because the things that built you up and that have enabled your lifestyle and that you've saved in like they're about to go very badly exactly exactly um, yeah. But I think we all share that frustration. I don't know. I've been very ineffective. Like I- I've helped some, but it's so far, despite my, I feel like, um, intelligent, uh, efforts, um, you know, I'm not perfect, but I feel like I've done a good job, but you know, people, what's the old saying, bro. Like, uh, it's like people, they, they, they can't see things that they're paid not to see. Right. That makes sense. And it's like, it's kind of the way it is. It's like if your savings are in vehicles that have been wildly inflated past their natural violet, uh, valuations with uh, what is essentially fake demand uh, through QE and other MMT mechanisms, like you are being paid to not see the problem. You know, you, all, all the assets you hold are going up. That's your pay. You're being paid to not see. The problem, Um, and so that's I guess that's why it's so difficult. Uh, But like I said before, like the the sad part about it is 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 most these people are not going to realize until it's later in the game, and they'll be better off long term because of the negation of the Cantillon effect. But they're going to lose. There's going to be a massive wealth transfer, and you know they're going to lose um, some of their wealth. Uh, or a lot of it because of that but I guess that's the natural state of things and that's how things are supposed to go you know um, hmm. I guess they I guess at this point there are other people who are better suited to have that wealth and to um, shape the world from that uh, position I guess it's the nice way to put it um, yeah
0: well what do you think I, I think I mean man. I, I, it's it's obviously difficult to to follow that all up, but like I, I just think that you know, to your point, this is all gonna happen anyways, um, and, and I think that you know, going back on the point of Bitcoin, I, I think that you know, Bitcoin. So so right now, right, we have this this garbage money that that incentivizes us to to do, you know, um, very often reoccurring things to to keep. To, to keep up with the income because our money is so shit that it, it doesn't um it, it doesn't have any kind of like elasticity, it doesn't last long. Okay? And and its value constantly goes down even though all everything around us is meant to show that it it isn't. It's stable. Okay? Everything is meant to show that it's stable, even though you're getting a smaller steak today, even though it's of lower quality, even though every every food that you're eating is, you know, been um, essentially completely changed its chemistry to the cheaper versions of it. Okay, but hey, you're still eating it. Look, you're still having it. So I think that there's like a a lot of mindfuckery, And I think that with a deflationary currency like Bitcoin, I think that we are finally um, on a massive scale. Are going to get an opportunity to um, partake and to exist in a deflationary world, and I, you know what? Um, we used to have, as you know, we used to have, you know, money that was backed by something, and you know, people sit there and they look at the nineteen fifties and they say, well, wait a second, you know, back in the nineteen fifties, you know, their, their tax rate was ninety percent. Yeah, guess what? Back in the nineteen fifties the fucking money wasn't being printed into oblivion. Okay. Like there's, there's a very big difference. So what did they do? Right. Oh, we keep lowering the taxes. You know, it's like, we're not lowering the taxes. We're just simply increasing the money production. Mm -hmm. It's just a, you know, all it is, is a sleight of hand. Right. No, I agree that that's what they're doing to us. It's a, you know, to your point, it's like, you know, so we're, you know, do we just continue in this? Well, eventually the other shoe's going to drop. More and more of us, as you know, are waking up and more and more of us are willing to take a stand. And the easiest way to take a stand, as you know, as you know, is we, you know, we opt into Bitcoin and we choose to use that ecosystem. And, you know, like the meme says, you know, like when the time comes, you shouldn't have to withdraw your Bitcoin. You know, no, I agree like really. when the time I agree,
1: completely. right? That, like... yeah, that, that's that's a completely that's that's the truth. I'm not going to say that's. That's how I am. That's just the truth of things. Is eventually, you won't withdraw your Bitcoin. It, it will be the unit of account um, eventually. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, it's. can you imagine not having Bitcoin right now and being woke to all this stuff? I mean, I know that Bitcoin is kind of what red pills most people. But can you imagine being red pilled and then not having Bitcoin? Well, I mean... I mean, I think I don't think you 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 survive from the stress and anxiety. <laughs> oh.
0: I I, I got to be honest, you know. I mean, for me, it's like I've I didn't have any of the proper vocabulary when I was a lot younger, uh, like when I was like sixteen, seventeen. But I was definitely one of those kids who right away was like, "Why the hell does the government produce money?" You know, and like my parents, yeah. my parents were like, "You just." Those are difficult questions. You don't need to ask those questions. That's just how it works. So to your point, like I was already in my 20s and I was like, okay, I'm like, so our money's bullshit. It it can be inflated away. It's not real. How the hell do I do this? And the only thing I could think of was to use the system. So what do we know? Well, we know that number always goes up. We know that they're going to continue to print money. So what could I do? Well, I got to go and find dividend investing, you know, dividend plays in stocks, right? For things that people use all the time and that have more or less, you know, whether times are good or times are bad, they're always going to make money, you know, on on average. So you end up finding companies like Procter & Gamble, like Unilever, um, like MasterCard, Visa. Um, you know, you find companies like Kellogg's, Coca-Cola, Nestle, all these boring as fuck companies. But guess what? Rain or shine, everyone's buying their products, whether you're rich, whether you're poor. Coca-Cola is sold in 237 countries. Yeah, they're not going bankrupt. Yeah. They're not going bankrupt anytime soon. You know what I mean? So so it's like yeah. a, before Bitcoin, all I had was this this plan with these stocks. And this is what I was doing. I was simply accumulating to create income faster than inflation could destroy it. But yeah. the, but but then I learned that they can create that inflation anytime they want. So yeah, I can. So, true. so you can never like. It's like you can't. There's no winning. There's no winning unless you're the guy making the money, like making the rules. You know. So yeah, it's true. I, I no, totally there's agree. There's no
1: winning if you remain. If you if you play the game, there's no winning. If you play that game, you know. Um, I guess the way we could say we can put it is that. Bitcoin is the 100% lethal shot to the current system. And most people don't realize it yet. Uh, Before Bitcoin, I mean, who knows how long the game could be played. But uh, Bitcoin exists. It's a powerful thing. Bitcoin exists. And because it exists, the two systems, um, um, I won't put it that way, but because Bitcoin exists, the current system is going to die. Just the way it is. Sorry, but you have a hard money now, and eventually, all the wealth will gravitate towards what protects it best. Just the way it is. Um, and, th- and it's going to happen. I don't know the time frame, um, and how quick or how slow. I I, uh, I do highly respect the stock to flow model. I think it's a great way to attempt to measure. Um, unforgeable scarcity scarce assets like bitcoin i think a lot of people uh they're really confused like stock to flow and and how it works but uh i mean it's a brilliant metric that i i respect a lot and i I use that as a guideline but like none of us know because of extraneous factors exactly how this is going to go i think stock to flow is a great um I guess you could say like a, a guide to, to how the, the natural factors of a scarce asset like Bitcoin would play out and have played out and should play out in the future. Uh, but I you know, I also, I actually kind of, I, I guess I disagree with a lot of people now talking about stock flows. flow because I actually think that it's going to be wrong to the high side. I mean, I think it's going to be wrong as in I think Bitcoin is going to go past stock to flow's uh, projections. And I think that because of the Environment that we are currently in in the world, and I don't think I think you know stock to flow does not account uh, for this type of environment, which is basically just lighting uh, hyper bitcoinization like the it, it on just laying gasoline down. I mean it's just once once these factors like uh, recognizing stock to flow start to play out in this type of environment. I just see the price going way higher. I, I really totally do. agree. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way it is. It's, it's, the, it's the world we live in now. And it's just starting, too. Um, I mean, like, they, they are backed in the corner. Like, 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 you know, Bitcoin's the kill shot. We don't know how long it takes. It is the kill shot. And they are just floundering about. And they just, there's nothing they can do but make it worse. They have no other choice now.
0: Oh, I totally agree. Um,
1: yeah. Like they have to. So I, I guess, I guess our mission as Bitcoiners is how do we, how do we help good people realize it? I, I guess, you know, I mean, I always struggle with this to be honest with you, to be really frank and it'll piss some people off because like, um, I think part of it is like, if, if, if you are trying to convince someone to buy Bitcoin and they don't, um, this is harsh, but it's like they're not supposed to have that much influence in the future world. I mean, I know that's hard to, to kind of come to terms with, but it's like, I guess that n- natural selection, if you want to use that word, didn't choose them at this point. Um, I, I think Bitcoin... It's just such an amazing thing how it works. And it basically forces uh, nature and and free markets and things like it forces all these things back into society in a way. And um, I guess everybody, what Max Kaiser said, everybody, I think Max Kaiser, you can correct me on that, said um, everybody has is exactly as much Bitcoin as they're supposed to have. <laughs> you know? and, I like uh, that.
0: I like that a lot.
1: I, I think it's true, you know?
0: I know. I, I think you're right.
1: Yeah. And the people who resist, they're just not supposed to have that much Bitcoin.
0: That's all. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. And, and that's like, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, but that's perfectly fine. And to your point, right? I mean, think about it. You know, the, uh, the, the, the horse and, and buggy, buggy guy, guy, right? When he was sitting there, like, pleading with everyone that cars are evil, you know? Yeah. It, it's like... Yeah. You know what, sorry, but natural selection at that point did not choose, you know, your, you're on the wrong team. You know, sorry, you're on the team that goes away.
1: What cracks me up is the gold guys now. I mean, it's kind of sad in a way for some of them. Um, I used to be a gold guy. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, that was before Bitcoin, Yeah, you because know, it was just the only thing I could see. But uh, it's sad because... I, this goes to the importance of being able to adapt because like what you see with gold guys I guess that I will say is sad is that some of them have just a brilliant diagnosis of the current situation and what's wrong just brilliant and then they have the absolutely incorrect most asinine now solution to it which is gold or gold back paper currency like it's just it's the, like it's just it's sad to see. That's their you know? playbook.
0: That that, that that I know you know, like that's their know. playbook. It's like, all right, so we know about this problem, guys, we've been harping on this. We have the solution. Here I come with my sundial. You know, <laughs>
1: like it's like And a lot of them right are incentivized, like uh, our our good old friend Peter to not see it because they have a lot tied in the gold and precious metals being successful. But it's not just guys like that. It's also just it's it's also people who really they just for some reason they have an emotional attachment or something to gold and they can't see that the fact that it has a physical nature um is the reason why it failed it's like when people when people talk about all the problems everything we have and it's like i just tell them it's like yeah that's cuz your gold failed like that's why we had to have bitcoin like it, it, gold already failed <laughs> it's it's like It's just so ridiculous. Like that's why we're here. That's why we have to have a non-physical, trustless asset, decentralized asset like Bitcoin that we can save in because gold's physical nature it it, it led to the failure of our financial system and it's why we are today. It failed. Um, you know, you better go get Bitcoin. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's it's like it's like when you're when you're um, I just like the sports betting. It's like when I'm listening, to, like some fundamental analysts, and they're telling, they're telling me or describing to me like how great this team is and, and everything. And it's like this scene in Moneyball. It's like, well, like if he's such a great hitter, why doesn't he hit well? <laughs> you know, it's like if gold is so great at protecting us um, from inflation and. And from all this confiscation and, and censorship, like why are we here then? You know, it's because the facts are gold failed. You have to be blind not to see it. Um, and Bitcoin is is the only thing we have that can actually solve those problems.
0: That's right. Um, yeah, it's, it's wake up. (laughs) I I totally agree, man. Super bullish, (laughs) super bullish. So dude, uh, Black Bull, man. We have we have been going for an hour and twenty-five minutes together. Wow, how the, about that? Well that's the,
1: because it's just a talk between friends, man. Exactly. Like we talked like we talked like talk beforehand. I, I just I just told my man, I said, Yeah, I'm just looking for a, a casual shoot the breeze conversation with my T C B pleb friend, you know? And uh I guess that's what we had, bro.
0: I think, it's, <laughs> man, it's it's totally awesome, and I feel like we just we went all over the place. So we did. Which but that's is, me. No, but <laughs> you know if you what? Me
1: on. I'm gonna go all over the place. You but
0: know? but h- h- you know what? It's like how could h- how could I not? Right? Like that's how it works with good energy. Right? It just feeds off each other. So
1: insane too. Like it's, a, it's like us together talking about Bitcoin, and the facts are is that. Bitcoin, I mean, like I said before, like, I'm not talking about a a loss of a loved one or something more serious than that. But besides that, like Bitcoin fixes this. So if you're talking about Bitcoin, we're literally talking about
0: everything in the world. Yep, literally. Everything. Everything. Every problem. (laughs) Exactly. You know, because we all we're we're looking at the root cause. That's right. So uh, before we uh, before we end this off, um, do you have any uh, any final thoughts you want to leave with the uh, with the listeners of the pod?
1: Final thoughts. Well, I'll just, uh, I'll just put you in the the mindset that I've been in, I guess, because I guess that's, I didn't have anything planned. So I would just say that lately, um, maybe something a lot of people can relate to. I know people around the world have, have noticed this. I guess I'm speaking a lot to Americans now, is that, you know, America is an idea. It doesn't have a geographical region, but we do have the nation of America where we tried to espouse these ideas and build a country from them. Um, but we failed. And I think it's very important to say that and to recognize that we failed. And in order to become what we want to be, we first have to recognize and say it like we mean it. Like we failed. America failed. And we have to bring that back. And we have the social freedoms to bring it back, and financially, with we cannot correct everything and make America—I'll say—make America free again. I'd get political, <laughs> you know, because I, I don't like Trumpy, I don't like anybody, you know. So, but but make America free again. Like we need to do that, and the way we do that is financially, because financially, if you're an American, you're a debt slave and you're a tax slave. And that is not going to lead to more prosperity in production. It's just not. It's only going to lead to bad things. We're going to drive out producers, innovators. We're going to keep producers and innovators out. Um, so I, the reason why I said we failed because I want to recognize that, and I want us to correct it now. And uh, this is a world effort too, but Americans especially, I'm speaking to you, is like we need to be accountable for what we are so that we can correct who we are and so that we can start being who we all want to be and who a lot of people think we are, but that we're not. And that's the beacon of freedom that we're supposed to be. So we have social freedom and we need to start using them. And if something's wrong, we need to not go along with it. We need to not comply with things uh, if they're wrong. And and the biggest way you can not comply right now is by holding Bitcoin. It's the absolute biggest non-compliance action you can have right now is to Buy and hold and save in Bitcoin because you are not complying with this financial system that is the root cause of placing all of us in the world, as the USDB, the reserve currency, all of us in the world in this debt financial slavery that we're in. So uh, I just, it's a call to arms, I guess I can frame this. It's a call to arms to all of you uh, to hodl your Bitcoin and, uh, as your most important action and to not stop there, but to also, uh, take a moral stand and to not comply with laws and other things that are wrong. And that, um, that put peaceful, non-harmful people in cages. We have to, we have to, uh, be well-rounded in our freedom actions. And, uh, and wake up to the taxation, regulation, and things we live under. So that's my—I guess that—that's where I'll end It is Huddle your Bitcoin, and and use your social freedoms that we still have in the U.S. to non-comply with the um, the tyrannical things going on here right now. And we'll correct it. We'll do it together. It's going to take time, but the first thing we have to do is find a backbone.
0: I love it, man. I love it. Fix the money. Fuck fiat. Buy Bitcoin.
1: That's right. Cool. Black
0: bull. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, man. I look forward to the next time we get to sit down and have one of these cosmic chats.
1: Thanks so much, man. God bless you and God bless all the listeners.
0: God bless Uh, you too, man.
1: (laughs) I love all y'all and uh, let's keep fighting the good fight.
0: Cheers. Cheers, bro. I hope everybody enjoyed my chat with Black Bull Sports. It was really awesome. Uh, I've been meaning to have that. I think we've been meaning to have that conversation for a really long time. So um, his contact details will be in the show notes. And of course, mine, if you want to get in touch with me on Twitter or Telegram, I'm at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening and catch you all next time.